When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is a HeadGum Podcast. I would like to begin with a poem by the mother of Black Hollywood, Jennifer Lewis. Ode to the men. There was Hunky Butch, Nasty Bruce, and Silky Sexy Lenier, the Ethiopian in Boston who had to put it in my ear. James had a tongue as long as the Nile. John was high yellow with the sexiest smile. Lenier was my first at the tender age of 13. Caught him with Phyllis. That sad Halloween. Dexter was my army boy. We did it on two chairs. Keep it down, fool. My mama's upstairs. There was Jesse, Jeffrey, Jimmy, and a dancer named Little Joe who lay me down, flipped me over, but didn't dent my fro. Gary pulled my hair and had me in the closet. Maurice served up a beer can. No return, no deposit. The businessman, the boxer, and the one in the sauna. I beckoned him with my titties. Come here, baby. You wanna? On top of the Empire State Building? Yes, even up there. Was anybody watching? Chop, please. I don't care. Don Roan, Tyrone, Tyrell, and I remember Rocky smoked a pipe. But it was Perry. Ooh, Perry. Ooh, Perry was just ripe. Back then, I didn't know my body was a temple. How precious and fragile we are. I was blind, crippled, and crazy, desperate to be a star. Oh, but I got up somehow and scrubbed most of it away. Left a little funk on me, so I'd be stronger on this day. No shtick, still love dick. Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone, and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's Celebrity Book Club. Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club. Tell your secrets, we won't talk. Celebrity Book Club. No boys are allowed. Celebrity Book Club. Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hey, best best friend. (laughs) I'm Stephen. I'm Lily Murata. And this is Celebrity Book Club. Welcome. 
Welcome, welcome, welcome. We've had a crazy run of four episodes, and here we are on number five, where we will be talking about the one, the only. Jennifer Lewis. Her book is titled The Mother of Black Hollywood. Now, you may have heard a snippet of a poem uh, just before this. Seconds before. Seconds before one of the greatest theme songs ever written in this goddamn town. Who, who wrote that? Mark Shaman? It was actually Terry Daniels, <laughs> one of the best choreographers, and we did lose him to AIDS in 1984. R.I.P. Well, so that poem um, she writes for this book, who knows, actually, maybe, no, I think she wrote it for, th- she just wrote it years ago. Yeah, she, she, was a, she was a journal keeper, and I do want to talk about why women keep journals. It's a very interesting question. Men, they don't journal. Well, some men do journal. Very few. Yeah. But she, Jennifer Lewis, the mother of Black Hollywood, the writer of this memoir, does write this poem, an ode to Dick. And I would say a lot of this book is an ode to Dick and yeah. her relationship to Dick. Right. You, um, I think uh, what's interesting about sort of the structure of this book, um, for all my sort of lit heads out there, is it's sort of, um, I want to say... In medias res, is that the correct term? Where it sort of starts out in the middle of her career, and then we go back and we sort of see yes. her see her success, right? And we go through, she was a Broadway star um, for many decades. Decades, a cabaret star. She really is, um, you know, she's someone that's been in everything. She's been in Girlfriends. She's, of course, yeah. one of the stars of Blackish. She's been in The Preacher's Wife, you yeah. know? I w- yeah, I do want to back it up for a second, because it's like, I would say, I feel like most, certainly white people, probably don't, don't know, know the, her name. Yeah. They don't know the name, but they, they know her. probably recognize the face. She's been in so many things. Um, and I would say probably, yeah, recently, obviously, she's been on Blackish for five or six seasons now. Yeah. Um, um, and she plays, of course, Anthony Anderson's mother. Mother. Um, and, of course, the title of the book, The Mother of Black Hollywood, is a reference to the fact that she is often cast as the, the mother. mother. Um, you And that kind of really started... Um, here's a big Oscar winning film. She plays Tina Turner's mother in mm. the Tina Turner biopic. Which I have not seen. Um, super sad film. I watched it the day my father passed. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was like, let's turn on a sad but inspiring film. Wow. Yeah. And, and, you, and well, you had a good cry? I, well, it actually, I did, but it kind of distracted me because Tina Turner gets like raped so many times right. by a Turner. So it's actually good sometimes when a tragedy happens to... Right, to sort of check your privilege. Check and say, your, yeah. Actually, some people have had it worse. It's, it's very like SJP's Grub Street where she goes on and on about Matthew Broderick's like complicated bean recipes and his bolognese. Um, and then she's like, and by the way, I just want you to know, I actually have been watching the news and I do see that there's like a lot of lines for like shelter and food in Texas and so I just want you to know I am grateful. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, and she's just like, is that girl that's like, no, 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 here's the thing, like I am getting a bagel in the West Village but like I actually feel really bad about homelessness. (laughs) Just being like, and I do admit that I realize that I am eating but that there are people who are starving. So basically watching Tina Turner get raped Day my father passed is kind of that's my you know no, yeah yeah let's put things into perspective point of privilege um, I was not raped by Ike Turner right. quote Lily Murata <laughs> <laughs> anyway so Jennifer Lewis is iconic and this whole book honestly is really about how she is this actress that you may know the face of but you don't necessarily know her name yeah she had a so she has this like sort of long and storied career and it's it's interesting because you know there's there's a thing a recurring theme in the book is her being like why didn't i like really ever make it like 
bigger than I am because she had this very New York career where you do cabaret shows, which are kind of a thing of the past in some sense. Although she kind of like, well, it's funny because I feel like lately in the comedy scene, there's a lot of just cabaret. like the music, the NYU girl, like musical comedy thing has come back. Right. And it was like dead for a long time. But I feel like Jennifer Lewis was really in that era of like. Joan Rivers, her, like, playing at Duplex, doing one-woman shows written by your gay friend on a piano. Literally written by your gay friend on a piano. And, you know, the whole point of a cabaret show is that you are you are sort of the triple threat diva, right? So you do the you high sing. kicks. You yeah. sing, honey. You wear wigs. You tell jokes. You do banter. You're doing crowd work. It's about your personality, and you're putting it all on the line, and people just eat it right up. And it's always a body woman who's not afraid to talk about sexuality. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was... <laughs> When I read this, I was just like, hell yes, we are reading about an older woman having sex. Yes. And we need to, you well, know. I mean, a lot. Well, she's <laughs> okay, talking about lot, the past. A lot of the sex she has happened in her 20s. So it's <laughs> okay, yeah, but she has sex later on. You know what I mean? Like, No, absolutely. But it is a memoir, so it's kind of not no, like. No, I get, I get it. Yeah, she's kind of talking about past sex. Um <laughs> Past stuff. Past stuff. Yeah. You know, I think a, a hurdle in her career that is, I think, even more true today than it even was in the 80s when she was, like, having her big moment as a New York cabaret person was, like, you kind of actually do have to be a bit more boring and a bit less to, yeah. like, get, to get bigger roles and to be a leading lady and to be, like, you know, have a lead role in a show and stuff. And, like, obviously, there's a lot of, like, racism and sexism that goes into her being typecast, which is, like, how Hollywood works anyway. But I do think that, you know, if you are a big, loud, triple threat, you're much less likely to be like, oh, we're going to put you as the lead in a rom-com. Oh, we're going to put you in an action movie. She, right, exactly. She's like a total, you know, you're the t- mother, the best friend. And she does kind of always play the exact same character in every single thing she did, which is this like diva mom. Full diva mom, yeah. And her, her mother was, I think, quite the character. And yeah. so I think, I mean... Beyond quite the character, it's just like her mom, of course, had like seven kids and was like working so hard to like, you know, take care of them, but also like fully denied um, when she got molested by a pastor. And mm. so it's like there's a lot of... Because the mom, you know, was seeking the pastor's approval herself. This is in a small town, a very impoverished town. The pastor was, you know, the sort of star of the town. And for a, Right. And, it's like everything is the church. Well, also, right. so she's from Kinlock, which I learned, well, I, you know, learning my, not my history. Your history? My personal history. So Kinlock was the first all-black governed town in America. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's super um, fucked up because then St. Louis bought out the town to create more, right. like, parking lots for, for the, the airport. Yeah, they, bas- and then, they, sold like, it off to, they sold it for parts. Yeah. No, I mean, it was a really, she speaks, you know, quite, um, uh, you know, illuminatingly, quite, quite um, descriptively of growing up in, you know, real, like, destitute poverty in this town. And um, they're, like, living in the bas- basement sh- of the church, so it's, like, no wonder. bucket. You know, this mom is like, we need to stay on the side of the pastor. Okay, but the part about how all her siblings have to shit in the same bucket. And yeah, then, no, that was... And she's like... And she was she like, has to wash it and no, dump but, it out. Well, but she was always being so, like, youngest spoiled child, being like, I'm never emptying the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she did have to empty the bucket, and then she didn't. Her mom, like... No, but then she says that all her siblings were always just like, Jennifer, you never empty the bucket. <laughs> and she was just like, sorry, I'm too fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> which is very a plot point in her amazing Lifetime film, which we'll get to Jackie's back. Yeah. Uh, but back to her careers, I think she really 
expected that what happened to Whoopi was going to happen to her. Yeah. So Whoopi's crib was like, you know, Whoopi was doing one-woman shows and, like, a producer, you know, found her and then, you know, Broadway. But here's the thing about Whoopi is she, Whoopi was not being the triple threat. No, she doesn't, like, sing. Whoopi doesn't sing, you know. Whoopi is more easily put into, you could see Whoopi as, like, more subdued. Also, Whoopi has, like, insane lesbian vibes. And so you're like, oh, Whoopi will be the sort of sage, sassy, masculine character. But, like, really sarcastic and dry. Wait, have you seen the movie where Whoopi pretends to be a white man on Wall Street? Um, Literally, okay, Whoopi was a huge part of my childhood. Right. So that movie. Did she make you gay? I think her and Rosie, yeah. because my mom, I mean, shout out to Hot Express, awesome video store that I went to. But, um, you know, I remember watching her early special where she talks about like giving herself an abortion. Um, and that was kind of canonic for me. But the movie where it's called like, Wall, it's not called Wall Street. What is it? Where it's so she it's, re- it's like she's in finance and realizes like no one's ever going to like treat her like they I, treat a white man. You know what? I, I do have to say it's, it's not called. I, I love the genre of late 80s movies where people are pretending to be someone they're not. Like, it's very Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. There's a Michael J. Fox movie where he, like, also pretends to be a businessman called The Secret to My Success. And this Whoopi Goldberg movie is, like... Sh- a Freaky Friday. And then, yeah. well, the other Whoopi movie that was huge for me was Eddie, which is where she, like, shoots half court from the Knicks and went, it's very blank check and she gets, like, all this money. Oh, just like in like a weird sweepstakes? Yeah. Okay. And I forget the rest of the plot. But anyway, <laughs> but I feel, I mean, I really relate a lot with Jennifer Lewis here. And I think it's like this very comedian feeling you're like, it's never enough. You always want more validation. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, honey. You know? You know, you get the adulation of the crowd and then how do you keep it going? And Dr- liquor d- d- and Liquor men. and sex and men. So this book is mostly, I, I would say like 60% of this book is her listing Broadway stars I've never heard of. <laughs> just being like, and in walks Eugenia Boone. And you're just like, who is Eugenia Boone? And I, It's I, fun also. I feel like I was comparing a lot to Janice where it's kind of the same era, but it's just so much more this different gay theater yeah. midtown vibe. It's, um, it's just so, I was like, you're being so NYU right now. Like the part where she's like, ugh, me and the man. She keeps on calling this guy the love of her life. This random guy. I also, okay. And I don't really believe he is the love of her life. What I love about her is like, she does sleep with absolutely, completely random men. Like <laughs> yeah. every guy is just like, his name was Tim and he had the biggest tool I'd ever seen. And it's just like, there's no, like once she like dates her stage manager for a while, but like most people are just like. And everyone's like, don't shit where you eat. But most people are just like, yeah, it's guys random at guys. And that's, and that is like, and that's why she is this absolute insane fag hag. She also references being a fag hag a lot and like her best friends are all these gay guys who like either died or I want to talk about some of her also. I looked them up. They're all iconic. All her fag hags? So, all her fags, sorry. Yeah, so some of her best friends, Mark Heyman, he literally executive produced Girlfriends. <gasps> wow. Wrote for Girlfriends. Wow. Who Jennifer Lewis was later on playing Tony's mom. Um, Bob, wait, write it down. It's like Bob Korsher or something like that. He, this is what I was to ask you. You tweeted yesterday about watching the movie Catch Me If You Can. Uh, so I did watch that on Friday. Was that related? Because I found some Catch Me If You Can. This is no. not. Okay. No, no, no. It was just on, and I and I said to myself, I was sitting there, you know, choosing the movie. And I said, "What if we? What if I just fucking watch?" Okay, well, because this is, I really had this new resolution for the New Year's that I made up the other day to which, watch more movies. No, which was <laughs> decide faster. Ooh, 
So instead of like spending so much time like scrolling through, be like, oh, do I want to watch a TV yes. show? Just mean like, just fucking pull the trigger. And I also did buy a floor lamp the other day. Hell yeah! Thank you. After days of like, like, sort of like, weeks. I mean, in we okay, maybe weeks of having and hawing, I actually just sort of like pulled the trigger on this particular lamp that is it's a white um sort of plasticky lamp from allmodern.com and it has a large mm. shade because i wanted the sort of diffusion of light that comes from a shade is it kind of modeled after my iconic white lamp or is it a little bit different <sighs> listen i looked up lamps that are similar to your iconic lamp that's like that. i found this absolutely gorgeous lamp at a garage sale this summer 20 bucks you know who loves antiquing is jennifer lewis she talks about going antiquing with <laughs> yes. whoopi Ugh, when she finally die. buys her first house and then whoopi actually buys her a couch which okay whoopi buying her couch i feel like they kind of have a similar relationship to us a little bit Sometimes Where though, Whoopi is the me. Whoopi, okay, personality-wise, I think I'm the Whoopi and you're the Jennifer Lewis. But money-wise, <laughs> I kind of think you're the Whoopi and yeah, right. I'm the Jennifer Lewis. Right. So Whoopi, one gets her a couch when she finally buys her new home, and she's just like, just here's a couch. And can we just sort of say definitively right now, so we don't Whoopi's have to cover lesbian? this? Asexual. Oh, yeah. No, I think she says because they talk about her wedding. I mean, here's the thing about Whoopi. She's been married to Ted Danson. She's been married multiple times. She just, it's just, she just, she's the most lesbian person, but like she just would be out if she was gay because right. she's like, doesn't she's, give a fuck. She's very outspoken. Um, And like her, I mean, just like everything about her. I just think she's ace or is kind of Janine in this way where Janine was with men and then was just like, I'm actually done with sex. Because she's like, but Janine's just so 90s and alt that she's just kind of like, if the men aren't just like... I think Janine still has like a partner. Right. Like a male partner. Right. But she kind of just like can't date the modern man. But back to Jennifer Lewis, because there's the scene where basically this um, Jennifer Lewis, you know, she's on to her next man mm. and she wants him out of her house. Right. Um, you know, he's no good. And she walks into Whoopi's trailer and there's $2,000 there and in fabulous Jennifer Lewis fashion. She's just like, why are you leaving $2,000 there? I'm going to steal it. Um, which I felt was right. And she was like, that's for you. Like, move out. Like, I'm just giving you this 2K. Like, kick the guy out or you move out. Oh, and just like, okay, so I thought the 2K was to give to the guy so that he leaves. I think it was so Jennifer Lewis can leave. And then that's when she bought her house and maybe Whoopi also got her a couch. I don't know the order, but (laughs) Whoopi also wrote, fuck, she says Whoopi wrote, fuck you on the roof of her house. So the paparazzi. Yeah, that was interesting. I'm curious to know what, how she wrote it. Like, was it paint or was it some Spray sort- paint? Was it so cups? Yeah, I was thinking cups. Very, very 90s. Is our cups so 90s? It's so 90s movie. Like, oh, yes, a car so da- going yeah, okay. away with cups yeah. when you get married. Okay, well, that's just normal marriage stuff. Well, do they do that anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it recently. <laughs> In the pandemic? Um, Just one, just circle back to catch me if you can. It's Mark Alton Brown is her, like, gay who she lives with. Okay. Who ends up being an exact producer of Girlfriends. And then Mark Shaman wrote the score and music to Catch Me If You Can, the musical. Oh, oh. Full circle. <laughs> okay, random. So I was like, are you I going mean, so deep and like watching guess, her best friends? And he wrote like a lot of the music to some of her fabulous one woman shows. I have to say, though, I, you know, how many I feel like there's probably just a handful of like white midtown gays who kind of just like are vamping on the piano for just like everyone's one woman show and are writing the like themes for like every random like musical. And they're kind of just like maybe there's just not that many. Sure. I guess you're not like you don't think that's like such like kind of crazy fate. 
That you watch Catch Me watch. If, and then one of Jennifer Lewis's friends wrote the music. I guess, I guess I'm can. saying I don't think it's that spooky and I don't have chills and like check my goosebumps. They're not really there. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Like I was, when I figured that out, I was literally like full chills. <laughs> <laughs> he also wrote the score to First Wives Club, whatever, and a lot well, of that's what I'm saying. He's very prolific. Like, <laughs> no, he's written a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, gay people—they just—they work. They work. They work. They no, work. No, I do think also there's a handful of gays because again, very sadly, like this book is very AIDS epidemic, where it's just like, yeah, like all of your friends died. So dark. I mean, okay, so as a you know, as sort of as a, as a feast of writing, this book is very um. She really kind of rolls through things quickly. Like, she doesn't spend a lot of time dwelling on episodes. Like, she's very dramatic diva in this way, where, like, there'll be a page where she's like, I got a call from Beverly. She told me that David had died. I was on the floor, darling. They couldn't pick me up. And then next page, who will just be like, so then this tour started. And I was cast in like a different world. Right. And then Bette Midler walked in and she said, honey, you've got it. Not many people do. <laughs> Another, I mean, what Jennifer Lewis really is, I think, again, I feel like her career I kind of aspire to, I don't like sing, is that she feels very like, an actor's actor, a comics comic. You know, everyone <sighs> in the industry loves her. I do think that people have a way of talking to Jennifer Lewis and when they when I when they say, You're the best in the business, like you should be the biggest star in the world, they're kind of saying it in this way because they, they know, know she won't. She yeah, won't it's be. sad. It's like there's a weird condescendingness to it where people kind of realize they're like, you actually are too much and you are a little bit too like needy of the spotlight and you're too like overacting and you're too like you're just you're, you're okay, too well, fabulous this reminds and that's why me. you won't get cast in like a more variety of roles. The scene where she is, where she comes into Beth's dressing room after the show, and she's like, and I was, you know, I was hamming it up, and I was like, you know, she, you know, she's like doing this song and dance in front of Beth, like just in the dressing room, just like you know, cracking lots of jokes and being really performative, and Beth goes. Why are you performing? And then Jennifer mm. goes, well, you just performed. And then Beck goes, yeah, but honey, I got paid. Oh, God. And she goes, that sucked. With, and like, ooh, that line cut me deep. See, that's what I'm saying. Didn't sometimes you see yourself they, in no, that, though? Yes, because right? sometimes when I feel you, like when you're in there the and you're hamming it up. I mean, I felt like, I feel like this when I do this now, this weird, like, weekly Zoom that I'm in where I watch Drag Race with these, like, oh, academic. With the snake lesbian? With the snake lesbian and these, like, academic Boston gays that, like, Eric is friends with. And now I'm just, like, watching Zoom or watching, like, Drag Race over Zoom. And I feel like during every commercial, it's this, like, becomes this comedy show where I'm, like, hot. Like hamming it up and like telling all these like jokes about what the Queens just did, and then I'm like, why am I performing over Zoom like in my living room? No, or I feel forced maybe in just like a weird situation where like no one is talking, and then you're like, okay, well like I'm the clown here, so let me gesture it up, and it's like no one fucking else is gesture up, so why am I spending all this energy right. honk honk and here are like, my puppets? You know who's not probably clowning it up in those situations? Gabrielle Union, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michelle Willie. I'm just talking about like people who get like leading roles. You know, Michelle Williams is absolutely Nicole Kidman. Right. No, Nicole Kidman is not you even moving her is? face. You know who is Emma Stone, I think. We first of all, we met Emma Stone at that SNL after party. Oh, yeah, and she, she was, was not very just like, it up. Okay. So not Emma Stone. Um, <laughs> she was being normal AF. I was like, your your I was like, your name is literally Katie, and you like yeah, I don't no, know. You're like, NYU, you went, like, like you went to NYU. Like oh, with you're five the, the most NYU part, um, 
there's so many NYU parts, but when Jennifer Lewis is talking about how much she loves mammoons. Oh my McDougal, God. And no. she's like, uh, best falafels, am I right? And she was like, and we go to McDougal and Miguel would get this falafel and we ate there and we eat the whole thing sitting right there in the street. And then one time he saw the chef smoking and he threw out the oh, falafel. Wait. You know what this made me think of is just so how like, hello, like girls love like the rudest men because it's like she keeps on saying Miguel's the love for life yeah. and she dates a bunch of other nicer guys and it's just like, clearly this guy was like probably the biggest asshole of them and is like blowing up because like one guy is smoking near his food yeah. and just like that raw energy. I mean, nice guys finish last. So, and then he passed away after a chess game, which was very Queen's Gambit. That was so random. And it's just like, he would just always go to Washington Park. And, but, well, I love that she was like, so they would go to Washington Park. He would play chess with the guys at the tables. And she was like, but chess is too boring for me to watch a whole <laughs> yeah. game, so I would wander off and talk to the bums and the vagrants, yeah. darling. And she would just, like, you know, mosey around the park. I mean, literally challenge, write a book about New York in the 80s and, like, don't mention Thompson Square Park for yeah. riots. Well, it was actually Washington Square Park. Oh, Washington Square Park. Okay, yeah. Broadway. So, actually, so I, I kind of, I went on my own. Ah! Yeah, so actually, oh, like, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's actually like, well, no, I mean, let's like, say, like, I didn't go to college. I went to my because, like, basically, like, <laughs> it's like not like a college camp house. It's like you're literally in New York City. For my shy town heads out there, it's like I should start talking about Millennium Park, which is across from my college. The and most, just, which and just, is literally sponsored by like, like ExxonMobil. And just being like, ugh, everyone was at the Bean. Patty Smith, <laughs> Ariel Pink. <laughs> Patty- we were all taking selfies with our small blackberries and the bean. <laughs> and we were. They were low res, but oh, honey, we God. didn't care. We uploaded them to Facebook. 20 picture albums. Mobile uploads. Anyone remember? This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumbled down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. (laughs) There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. 
Then find Enbook, a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. Okay, one thing about this book is I do, when you're reading it, you're just like, was this written in the 20s? <laughs> no. The way she ties, she's so Broadway. And then she'll just be like, and so we're walking down the street and Fat Jackie, the town <laughs> oh, prostitute, rolled up in her white Wait, Cadillac. Fat Jackie, okay. Fat so, Jackie, the town prostitute. This is the insane. best story. So Fat Jackie is the town prostitute, as we said. And she's skipping school with her friend. And she's like, gals, get in. So they get in Fat Jackie's Cadillac. And she's just like. Well, because she's nervous because she thinks that Fat Jackie's going to like report her to her mom for skipping school. But instead, Fat Jackie's like, you fucking yet? As in, like, are you guys having having sex yet? Have you, have yeah. You, well, she doesn't mean the two friends. Oh, they fuck. Yeah, I didn't assume that. Like, That'd be cool, though. She was like, hey, are you guys <laughs> fucking? And they're like, no. And so she gives them a life lesson, which is before you make love to a man, always check the meat. Check. Check the meat. The meat. Okay, we're going to do 20 minutes on this because yes. I have a lot to say. So, and she says, sometimes even you got to pull out a flashlight if you want to check the meat. So what, so Jennifer Lewis is, so obviously, so check the meat means like see what the they're packing. Size, yeah. See the dick size. And what what I love about this book is she describes like pretty much everyone's dick size. <laughs> yeah. like, at, like like Janice Dickinson, only one time did she mention that Liam Neeson has an Evian bottle. This, there's there are dicks that are quote, garden gnomes. There are, <laughs> yeah, okay. What's also amazing is I there, feel like she gets there are to, dicks that are beer cans. She gets to really go off because they are every Tom, Dick, and Harry. So they're, she's not talking about Jack Nicholson. No, and she's like they're like random guys. She'll be like this guy, but but sometimes she'll just be like she'll say their full name. She'll be like choreographer <laughs> Ed Love had a baby <laughs> carrot, and you're like, damn girl, really drag him. There was the guy who had a garden gnome, which was a very small dick, and so she no, said, no, no. don't put that in me, put it in my ear. Okay, first of all, we gar- need to talk about what no. Am I wrong? Oh, Gordon means huge. Okay. See, I, I mean, this is our, like, again, fourth episode of just, like, me talking about dick for, like, 40 <laughs> minutes. And again, I've... Okay, so I'm a garden have... gnome is, like, a large object in a human's garden. <laughs> I guess because I'm like super big when I'm in a garden, I think of garden gnomes. You're like, I don't as know, fucking a, small. It's a fucking tiny ass shit. Like, I'm not a fucking gnome, like living in a fucking little. Yeah, I'm talking about like, yeah, if there was a garden figurine. Because also, so a garden, because a gnome has that kind of pointy hat, so there's a fa- there's a phallicness to so the I've object. Been itself. Garden gnome is huge. Garden gnome is huge. That guy has a huge dick. The guy who is so small that she says, honey, <laughs> you can't even put that in my ear. No, she tells him to fuck her ear. No. He, no, she says you can't even put that in my ear. I read that as fuck me in the ear. And I've read this book twice now. <laughs> this is very me- my reading style where I just choose what I, I want to read. Choose what you want to say. It's also <laughs> similar to your texting style, which even your close <laughs> friends sometimes like literally cannot decipher. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just like, and I took away from this book. I'm just like, I can't wait till Steven gets to the part where she gets <laughs> fucked in the ear. <laughs> she says, honey, you can't even fuck me in the ear. And then she makes up an excuse and tells him to leave, which is truly, which, okay, that part was insane. And so this, and let me just like talk about sort of checking the size for a second. So this is something that I. Before you get to that, 
I want to give her method, and I want to know if you do this. Her kind of main like way of like checking the meat is to have a bath yeah. first. Insane. So, well, because the thing she's always on tour, so she brings the guy back to her hotel, the Carlisle, darling, <laughs> and then she draws a bath, and they like get in the bath together. And it's like, okay, so you're gonna take this bath, and then if you see the meat, and it's not, you know, what you think, are you like, all right, here's a towel, babe, get out of here? Well, yeah, and then that one time she says, I I faked a headache and told the guy, the Ethiopian guy with the baby carrot, to leave <laughs> yeah. the guy who couldn't fuck her in the ear. So have you ever done the bath? Absolutely not. As you know, I'm <laughs> no. like, like vigorously anti-bath. I hate bath. That just seems like it takes, you're adding so much more time. Well, it's also just like, okay, if you're, if you're bringing them all the way home, like, so this is where I draw the line. <laughs> well, no, it's like, if I'm already bringing a guy home, I'm going to force myself to go through with it, no matter how, how full of regret I am. Well, because that's so... To tell someone to leave once they're already in your apartment, it's so impossible. Awkward. Although and... it's, People have told me that. <laughs> okay, I remember this one time and it was like 2008. It was like, honestly, like one of the first... Like Grinder had just been invented and it was like mm. the first time I ever opened it. And the was, revolution had begun. I, the revolution had begun. I was on my iPhone 2. I was on a fucking iPod, sweetheart. <laughs> Um, and I was talking to this guy and he was like, this is in New York City. And he was like, you know, come over. And I was like with a friend and she was like, do it. And I was like, I want to do it. So I go over to this apartment. It was like, it was in um, Astor Place mm. or like slash Washington Square Park area. Near my moons. Near my moons. <laughs> it was like this high rise that was like very fancy. I go to just like the 16th floor and the door opens and there's like marble everywhere. I start to walk in. The guy is like tall and kind of looks like his picture is normal. I, mind you, mind you, I'm literally 22. So like yeah. I'm this, you know, yeah, young thing. I'm a tiny young thing. It should be illegal to fuck me. But I'm obviously this like perfect little, you know, peach package. And perfect little Mark Jacobs. Tiny little Mark Jacobs. Acne scars swing. have just healed. <laughs> Flat ass, ready to fuck. They honestly were probably sort of deeper than they are now because I just did start tretinoin. Um, tretinoin. Tret- the sort of uh, tret- prescription tret- like retinol. Yeah, should I do that? We'll get to that later. We can talk about that later. But anyway, so I walk in and... No one's I, ever told me to leave, by the way. Uh, you Well, um, I, I, out of the seven people you've slept with? Yeah. So I walk into this like bemarbled apartment and I'm kind of like doing a lap weirdly, just being like, okay, I'm kind of looking, I'm waiting for like something to happen. And then he just turns to me and he goes, this isn't going to work. Wow. And I was like, huh? And I was, I was actually like, oh. so. Cr- I was like, huh? And he was like, sorry. And I was like, oh, he's literally telling me to leave. Wow. I was so like shocked. I was like, I, d- I wasn't even offended. I was just like, well, this is hilarious. I think on some level, I didn't even want to go through with it because it was so totally. early in my sexual career yes, and I was actually really afraid. You didn't even want to. No, I didn't. No, you didn't want to. No, 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 it was no. an excuse for both of No, and I didn't mean it. That was just a joke when I said no one's ever asked me to leave. You know, I don't have the numbers to compare to you, so the ratio doesn't kind of match up. Well, um, I just think maybe it, it was an energy. It was my looks. No, I, you know, I, I'm not sure. You know, I, I, I listen. I've never been someone who lies on the profile. Okay, I always. Yeah, I, I feel like your pics probably say what's going on. I'm an honest person. I will link to my Instagram and my grinder profile so people can come. They can see videos, so they can really see like what I look like. So they're not going to be like, oh, this. Here's guy. the thing, though. I think this fucking ass to place. Yeah. Freaking high rise living, telling my guy to mm. leave. I think this guy's just on a 
power trip. I bet he does that all the time to fuck with guys. Huh. You know? I feel like he's just there just like being so pinky in the brain and is just being like, <laughs> not for me tonight. I want sushi. I mean, okay. Also in my mind, he was like 35 and I do have this disease he where I think. He was just like 26. Well, I think everyone's older than me. Like, to this day, I think everyone is older than me. Like, I'll work at an office, like, as a copywriter at, like, a major branding agency with huge clients <laughs> and and like and like people will be like 26 and I'm 31 and I just assume that everyone is 40 because I'm like well you have an office job and it's like yeah. well I'm also at an office but I just assume that like everyone is this like grown up but it's like this guy you know in my mind I was like Oh, okay. So he's like old and rich and has this big apartment. And I guess he didn't want, he didn't want someone so like, I think like wet behind the ears. Like that's um, how I interpreted it. So I was like, I was too nubile. Totally. He, that's what I'm saying. Maybe he sensed your fear. Like a right. dog. But maybe really deep, deep, deep in a darker way, you know, it spoke to my biggest insecurities. Like, oh, I'm, I, you know, I have too big of a head because I was born a month premature. I have a receding hairline, you know, my nose is too big, my ears aren't big enough, you know, my uh, my gums are too gummy, yeah. etc. Well, this brought me to kind of one of my points where when she talks about going to therapy, um, you know, you and I have both experienced different bouts of therapy. It kind of made me think of you because a lot of therapists <laughs> rejected her. As a, as you've been telling me, a lot of therapists have not been returning your phone calls. And I was like, and it's like she's going in there and sitting on the couch and, and just being so like sobbing and just being like, and that was Kinlock, honey. And then this happened to me, Bette Midler, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, by the end, the therapist, like hairs were standing on the back of her head. And I feel like you are just like going in and you're just being like, Thing about my career, those like fucking blah 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 blah, 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 blah I should have it. My column and blah blah blah, and they're just kind of like, you know what? I don't need this. <laughs> no, it's literally true. I'm waltzing and just being like, New York Magazine has a fatwa against me, and they're just, just like, like God, I'm sorry, I way. don't care. You're a random faggot. Like you actually have work to do that I can't help you with. And I have been rejected by a lot of therapists, but that's also actually, and they should all go to jail because that's malpractice. I um, think. I wanted to read this passage from um, the therapy. Um, one moment here. Okay. Uh, page 169. Fuck yeah. So, again, this also made me think of you because um, she's talking about getting massages. Um, oh, this made me think of me also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. Are you going to the part where she gets the massage in Egypt? Yeah, basically. like. <laughs> wait, okay. And this also is to me because I've been to Egypt. But she calls, you know, her therapist is basically trying to get her to work on her sex addiction. And she calls her therapist at 3 a.m., which is insane. Clearly also, like, this therapist is on a payroll, the fact that she's picking up at she's 3. On, she's on retainer for sure. Yeah. And she just goes, I want to fuck this beautiful Egyptian man. And the therapist goes, no, Jennifer. And she goes, fuck you. And then she hangs up, but she doesn't fuck the guy. Yeah. She doesn't call him for a, like a second massage that she hopes will end up in sex. But I was thinking about the, you. It's like you're not like calling your therapist every time you get like no. a happy ending of the Turkish bath, just being like, I'm about to get jerked off by this man of the Turkish bath. Like it's just kind of happening for you. I mean, totally different for Jennifer Lewis because I think it was a conquest. She was trying to fill something there. Yeah. I mean, I think she's also like thinking that this is more like she wanted to fuck the massage therapist separate from the massage. Yes, Do you know what I'm not, saying? Oh, Which right, is different than of... this is different than the massage becoming erotic 
through the process of the journey of the massage, which is what happens to me. I'm not, not all the time, but sometimes, you know, the masseur will be so turned on seeing my lifeless buddy on the table face down that, you know, he can't help himself, but, you know, uh, sort, sort of up the ante a little bit. And then it, you know, maybe results in something sexual. Here's a little passage from one of her therapy sessions, which it's very goodwill hunting in this way. And after I saw Goodwill Hunting, it was kind of how I wanted to act in therapy. Rachel dropped a bomb on me. Tell me about your mother. Seeing red, I lunged off the couch into Rachel's face, yelling through clenched teeth and pounding my chest. I came here to talk about my career. Don't you ever mention my mother. It's like, that's a fabulous therapy session. Yeah. You know, and I feel like watching Goodwill Hunting, it was so like, I had such a fantasy of like wanting to go in a therapy session and them just being like, you know, trying to get to the heart of it and me just being like, can't fucking talk about that. Right. When I was Because there's such a badass masculinity to be yeah. like, fuck, fuck you, you, I won't you. talk about would, my parents. I was forced into this therapy. The closest it came is, again, I was put into child analysis for gender dysmorphia at age four. Um, is My therapist really wanted to get me to say that I was jealous of my sister because she got all the lead roles at the musicals at our Unitarian Church. And she was like, just tell me, Lily, you're jealous. And it was very Jennifer Lewis. She's like, just tell me, you're you're jealous of Gia getting like, you know, this lead role in Oklahoma and this lead role in Fiddler on a Roof. And I swore, I was like, fuck you. I don't ever want to talk about this again. I'm not jealous of my sister getting the lead role in those musicals. And I don't, I really you don't. Know, th- let's act, I just want to stop you right there because you bring up this anecdote so much to the extent that I feel like, you are jealous. <laughs> maybe I love the Anna. It's like I want, but it's like I don't. I didn't want to be the lead role in musicals, but maybe clearly, right? Because you don't think you have a beautiful voice, and let's talk about that. No, that is that haunts me every day. Yeah, I would love to have a singing voice. Like it's not even passable. You know, it's so bad. Here's the thing, though. It's like, does Bob Dylan have a beautiful voice? Well, but it's not. I can't even do like. I wish I could even do kind of like random indie guy gravelly, like talking while playing guitar voice. You could do that. Anyone can do that. I have no the tone. I I need voice lessons. But literally, anyone can do gravelly talking while guitar. I just feel like my tone. A is fucking off. rabbit could do gravelly talking while playing guitar. Hop hop. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I think, but like, I think that, I think that's actually just like a fear that you need to work out. Um, Along with back to Jennifer Lewis, kind of just, just back to her relationship with her mom. So she finally tells her mom that, you know, it was fucked up how she denied getting molested by this pastor. And the mom like still won't hear her years later. And I feel like I watched Jennifer Lewis in this episode of Girlfriends where she plays Tony's mom and Tony takes Jennifer Lewis's character for your girlfriend's heads out there, to therapy. Um, And Jennifer Lewis won't hear it. And I feel like Jennifer Lewis, maybe her whole career, is just trying to work out her issues with her mother by playing her mother, this, like, more fabulous version of her mother on screen. You weren't listening. (laughs) Sorry, I I didn't didn't listen to a single word you just said. Sorry. So, literally so rude. (laughs) I I listened to you go on and on. Here's the eighth story about me getting fucked in 2009. (laughs) And I'm sitting there listening for the, you know... 
What the hours on my life I hear you talk about that no, stuff. In, in some ways I am doing it for Lewis and I get that because it is very that when her friend Zyna Vades and she's calling him and she's like, and I fucked this guy and he's just like, I'm actually dying. And you're like, Lily, like how could you not remember like who like Ralph, Tom, Dick and Harry was like in 2011 because yeah, I ran thing. into him can in the gallery show. Can I say, you actually do remember every single person I've slept with and it's iconic and thank you. an elephant never forgets and I really respect you for having a catalog of everyone in my sexual Rolodex. Segment, Segment boots. boots. What does she wear? How, How does, does she, she live? live? What, what does she eat? <laughs> <laughs> what does she eat? What does she wear? How does she live? Yep. Okay. So, first of all, oh wait, I want to talk about what she eats because do you remember the part where the the book where she says, I'll always stop off in St. Louis for jack fried salmon and spaghetti? Um, I don't remember that part, but St. Louis is like one of those um cities where people talk about like the iconic foods from there and you're always kind of like, "What?" You're yeah. they're like, "It's famous St. Louis pizza, but it's just pizza with um I like, mean American cheese on it. This or is not to be a coastal elite, but like all food that's not from the coast is disgusting. <laughs> okay, Stephen, I'm absolutely gonna call you in there. Like, have you heard of barbecue? Okay, uh, but well, St. Louis barbecue, darling. I, no, okay. I'm calling you in. That's the South, though. I guess I'm not. I'm not. No, okay. St. Louis, Kansas City, Kansas City but ribs. I feel, okay, but that's just like the South bleeding into Kansas City. Like, that's not a mid. I just feel like Midwest is gross for food. Chicago hot dogs. Chicago has one of the most amazing gastronomy scenes. I mean, but all Chicago food is like big and puffy and gross. And you know that. And you know that's true. You know Chicago pizza is gross. Okay. And you know that like Chicago burgers are like weird and overcooked. Like you know that all that shit is like. I'm going to stand for like one Kuma's is delicious. Chicago hot dogs are the best type of hot dog you can get. Chicago restaurant scene is literally sometimes I would say miles above New York and what the modern things okay, they're doing. Okay, well, let's count the Michelin stars. Okay, well, let's talk about Blackbird. Let's talk about, you know, Aria. In any I event. just think, whatever, the evolution of barbecue, I just don't, dude, I'm going to say it, you don't really know about it, so... Okay, well, I, first of all, I'm not going to, like, be fake and pretend to be a barbecue head and pretend to be, like, so just, like, white person who loves barbecue and, like, goes on a road trip and, like, I'm not, like, going to put myself in the I'm position because that's not who I am. Right, not the people who do that are wrong, but I'm just, like, that's not my thing. But uh, I love barbecue. Obviously, because it's delicious and like has savory and sweet and whatever. I'm just saying, like, also, like, Wisconsin has like delicious food, like cheese. Anyway, I think you should. I'm, I'm calling you in. Okay, Megan McCain. Megan McCain, celebrate every state in the nation. <laughs> we are beautiful. We are a patchwork. Okay. I will. Okay. So, but when she described the jack fried salmon and spaghetti, I like, my first yeah. thought was like, whoa, that's weird. But then I thought about it and I was like, well, you know, in many ways, salmon pasta is one of the only dishes I even know how to make. Yeah, so maybe check yourself. That's the thing. You're just being like, oh, the Midwest like, doesn't know any food, but yet you're like making a well, random salmon pasta. I guess I wonder what this, this specific jack fried jack salmon... Fried- I feel like it is kind of this like crazy spiced yeah. fried salmon over pasta. Which is probably good. I guess I, I worry about the spaghetti being overcooked and a little mushy. I do feel like the Midwest has a tendency to sort of put al dente. I don't know. I mean, it, she goes when she's like, and darling, when I was on Blackish and like, da 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 da, like I was eating right. So I feel like she's being well, she so also, 90s and it's light salmon pennies. She's so 90s and she's like real chicken because she talks about how like she also mentions multiple times 
so like costume designers would be just like, honey, if you gain weight, you'll never lose it. And then she's always being like, and yeah, I still look pretty good for my age, darling. But like, this is another thing. And obviously this is like Halloween being sexist and racist, et cetera, where it's like, I I think if she was 20 pounds thinner, then she would have like gotten more roles in Hollywood. Maybe, but I also do think it's more of the thing of her actually being like such a body fabulous, like cabaret gay man. That's like more why she didn't totally get the roles. But I think to be that body cabaret Yeah, you person, have to be, like, super thin. You do thin. have to be a little... No, but I think I'm... I but think, it's not, like, bad as super thin, Bette Midler. Okay, but here's what's interesting. Yes, Bette Midler... First of all, Bette Midler also has, like, a music career. Jennifer Lewis never recorded albums, which I feel like is kind of weird. Because she has an amazing voice. Yeah. And she also was in all these women shows that were musical. Because I was looking... So in her, she makes Like, this, she like, should have done albums. I feel like that could have been a whole other avenue for I mean, career. I think she wanted to. It's not that, you know... She didn't get to lay down the tracks. I guess I'm wondering why she didn't lay down the tracks. Because I feel like that could have been another... You know, I feel like, you know, she you know, she met Nina Simone. She met Lena Horne. And right. she was just like, I'm obsessed with you. Right. I think she was such on a track to be this film yeah. star. I think she wanted to be an actress so much that she was like... She didn't lay down the tracks. And yeah. she was also on such a Broadway thing. So it was all about being in the musical. And I think also if she was cast... There was a point in her career, I think she she was cast in the Dreamgirls, but she was not. She was, like, just, like, in the rehearsals. I feel like that could have brought her to more of a recording yeah. career. It's funny. So she was going to be cast in the role of Effie, which, of course, is played by Jennifer Hudson in the movie. The film version. The film version, which won J-Hud an Oscar, as we know. Um, and she talks about how she, like, couldn't that's you know i'm telling you i'm not going is this like iconic insane song where it's like all about belting the longest notes and like so hard and she felt like that she couldn't totally do it justice and there's you know i think she when they called her and they were like you don't have the dream girls role and she thought you know oh i'm close to all these gay choreographers right and it's something i've remembered you know and maybe i'll remember it right now as i see you just kind of looking down no, listening was, to me again I, okay you know gay men they <laughs> You think they're their, they're your best friend. But here's the thing. They'll run you over as you did yeah. in sophomore year when you ran over my foot. Okay. And it comes back to this. Listen, gay men are incredibly self-absorbed and... It's kind of... My, Margaret Cho has a famous joke, you know. No, where... it's, it's, it's the gay guy when he... Like, you, you accompany him to the club and then he finds some guy he wants to go home with and then it's, you can get a ride, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you can get a ride. And you can't get a ride, you know, and that's... Okay. And I have a ride, and I'll just be zooming on out of here. Okay, so she eats grilled chicken, I guess, She's grilled chicken, but I think she's also, you know, she indulges every now and then. Okay, how does she live? I have a theory on this. So she has a condo. So she has a condo in in Studio City, which I literally had predicted even before she got to that point, where it was like, she obviously lives in Studio City. It's a workout room. Because Studio City... And I don't know if you know this now, because I don't have familiar with LA. Um, but no, I've heard Studio City is getting like super hot because it used to be kind of right for down and out actors with their rentals as they would, you know, go to auditions. Yeah, I mean the Valley, as you know, like my entire family's from LA. And is the, Studio City really the Valley? It it really is. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I I'm familiar the Valley because it's like. All my cheesy family is from there. We're always staying at the Radisson and like the North Valley. Well, this also brings me back to kind of your coastal elite thing. And this is why you are your mother. Just being like so like angry about just like some Midwestern food. And and you're it's yeah, it's kind you of you don't know how bad the food is. It's like when I meet up with my family, we're staying at the Summerfield Suites. That's and what then, I'm saying. This is where it comes from. Is like 
but the food you is are, actually bad. Yeah, you are from the valley, so you are thinking of this like nasty. <gasps> I ass am. Of no, literally the last pasta. time I was in the valley, we were staying at the Summerfield Suites by Marriott, and then the nicest restaurant that we could go to was the Italian restaurant that was located within the Radisson, which we weren't even staying at. And we had to walk across the highway to go to this empty Italian restaurant at the Radisson Radisson to get the most just like warmed over like cream Alfredo whatever. And it was absolutely foul. That's, you know, your brunt. And I have to bear that. No, you have to bear that. Because my... Both sides of my family are just like random and tacky. And I'm famously... God bless them. Italian, so al dente is in my blood. The point is, I so here's my theory on how she lives. So I think so she's like very like fabulous, darling. She's fabulous, and I feel like it's some playbills frame. Definitely playbills frame. So, but here I think that she was very like animal print. Yeah. Like until so I think she was very like cheetah cheetah cheetah, pi- cheetah pillows, like leopard sheets until like twelve years ago when a gay came in and and like redecorated mm. and now it's all like creams and like burgundy pillows, but it's still very like leather tufted headboard. The big I think it's still, a, I think it's a bit still you bobby trendy. You think there's still animal print? I think there's still the big rug that's a cheetah with like the the arms out a little. This and is- it's less, you know, it's no more zebra, but like it's a white couch. Okay, and I, I also do think, which is kind of... Well, she also, like, adopts, which we didn't really get into, she adopts a child, like, later on, and I feel like maybe she, like, maybe around that time is probably when it got, like, she was like, I need to, you know, kid this up, and she, like, right. you know, changes that, maybe makes it a little more kid-friendly, a little less cheetah pillows. I think that she also has, like, one Buddha statue in the living room that was a gift from like Mark the makeup of- artist on season five of Strong Medicine. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and I think also one of the as, best goddamn makeup artists in the business. As darling. we're learning, you know, and reading, you come to think most celebrities, most female celebrities, there's gonna be there's a, a Buddha there's somewhere. There's a Buddha, yeah. So just no. given it's white couch, it's Buddha, unless they have like such an insane strong sense of style. I, there's I, a I'm, Buddha I'm in there. My, I'm running through my head right now of female celebrities, just and like trying to think of who doesn't have a Buddha. I actually can't. I'm just like Michelle Williams, like Buddha, Cameron Diaz, Sharon Buddha. Stone, Buddha, Cheryl Buddha, Crow, Buddha, Buddha, Cheryl Crow, Buddha, like. There's actually not a female celebrity. Courtney Cox, no Buddha. Wow, I would think that Courtney Cox is so Buddha. I feel like maybe Cheryl gave Courtney Cox a Buddha. Oh, and it's kind of like in her shed. To the side. Because I think the Courtney Cox is a little more plain. Oh, Buddha. Buddha. Like she's pizza oven. She's so Buddha. It's the Buddha as a pizza oven. <laughs> I'm just like, like it is just something that if you have ever done yoga like once and you're a rich celebrity, well, especially because like, Jennifer Lewis gets very spiritual, where she starts going to like, and she you know she takes back her Christianity and she starts going to a non-denominant, okay. non-denominational, non-denominational. Okay, um, look just to close up on this book. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, it's really insane. I think it definitely is like a quick read. Like it's like yeah, you it, can. She sort of rolls through shit, um, and it's fun. So you could probably. I read this one. We talk about a beach read. I literally read this on the beach you this could summer. Slam this yes. on a beach. You know, you're kicking back a white claw. Just I, you know, this is a laugh out loud. Oh, Watch yeah. Jackie's back and on she, YouTube. And she talks about dick size and she's really open about it. So I think that if you're curious. As we've said, we're like, this book is mostly about dick size. 
Um, and, and Broadway. And that's an uh, that's a that's a refreshing honesty that you don't see in a lot of uh, you know in a lot of writers. Yeah, you really don't see it. No, not anymore. Um, yeah, and, you know, watch her on Girlfriends, watch, watch her on Blackish, watch her on The Preacher's Wife. As I said, the Itina movie is amazing. Watch her in Baggage Claim. Have you seen Baggage Claim? Yes, but I need a rewatch. It's been a while. I mean, it's not that great, but... I mean, okay, I'll say that I'm not, I'm not a huge Paula Patton fan. Okay, you can say. You know what she is in recently, and I know we're kind of past Christmas, but she's in the most recent Dolly Parton Christmas musical, Christmas on a Square. Is, it, wait, is that part of her, like, Christmas that show? Was that part of Dolly Parton's, like, show where every episode's based on a song? No, but it's a musical and just, like, its own Netflix okay. Christmas movie. But... Jennifer Lewis, I think, gets to really use her voice in that. And I want to watch that kind of post Oh, Jennifer Lewis is it, not Paul Patton. No, I'm just saying it's a Jennifer Lewis movie. Okay. So check that out. Anyway, 10 out of, I'm literally, um, I give it 10 Mamoon falafel sandwiches out of 10, honestly. Mm, I give it five dark histories of sexual abuse. Out of five. Sad. Okay. <laughs> so next week, we're actually doing another book with dark histories of sexual abuse. Um, but other awesome things in it. It's not just sexual abuse. It's a gorgeous book by none other than the big movie star, Demi Moore. Uh, Demi Moore, obviously, very famous, married to Bruce Willis, married to her work, an amazing mother of three. Uh, Join me in shaving your head G.I. Jane style for this next episode. Um, Anyone who shaves their head and posts hashtag Celebrity Book Club will give you a free book. <laughs> Just any book. Just Not necessarily a, yeah. the Demi Moore book, but a book that has touched our grubby little paws. And that you can't put a price on. No, that's a really good sweepstakes, I think. So get excited. Read it or don't. But do sort of refamiliarize yourself with her career at some point, uh, if you want to or not, because you don't need to, because that's what's so fun about this podcast. She's, this is accessible. But maybe you want to watch G.I. Jane or... Striptease or Brett or, or Brad Pack movie. Brat, 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 Brat. Um, Animals Fire. I don't want to step on the pod too much, but yeah. I will say watch some of her lesser known films, such as Disclosure, but also Striptease, because there's that iconic scene where she dances to any legs. Or watch her and Ashton on SNL. Do the whatever the fuck you want to do, okay? No rules, just raw. <laughs> just podcasts. <laughs> So yeah, catch that next week. Catch that next week. And in the meantime, please, please leave us a review on iTunes. I literally beg of you. No, please leave us a like, review. Like, give those Yelp vibes, you know what I mean? Be Listen, sassy. Can I be desk for one second? Yeah, sure. Just post the story. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, no, post the story. Give me something to do, sweetheart. Honey, I will restore no, you No content, we're sitting at home. Refresh, refresh. Um, no, not that we're not already getting a lot of notifications. No, but no, like, no, no, my notifications actually the control and actually put my phone down because I'm like, mm, this is too much. But I would love a story. Oh. Follow us on Twitter and tweet at us. We'll absolutely interact. No, we're super interactive. Um, at no, no, we're, CBC the pod. the pod. We're real. We're like AOC, okay? We like yeah, we, no. we want to be in touch with our constituents. We're Just... modern. <laughs> okay, bye, y'all. Best. Celebrity Book Club is presented by Prologue Projects and Headcom. The show is produced by my nemesis, Meg Manane, with editorial support from Andrew Parsons and Leon Nafok. Engineering by Ferris Monchi. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horse, may he rot in hell. Artwork by Teddy Blanks at Chips NY. Follow us on Twitter. 
at CBC The Pod. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review and don't forget to tell your friends about us or let us die in peace. That was a HeadGum Podcast. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah. Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.